Hello, and welcome back to Overexposed, Pexel's weekly podcast made by and for ambitious creatives. I'm your host, Wendy, and today we have Jill Warren joining us all the way from the UK. Jill is the social media editorial and content marketer at Later, and honestly, one of the sweetest people ever. Social content can be very daunting. There's always so much going on and new feature updates. And with so much social change happening, it's hard to know where to start and if you're even doing the right thing. But have no fear whether you are running a business, working in social media, or just need some tips for your own personal branding or project. We got you covered in this episode. I had the pleasure of speaking to Jill on an early Thursday morning where we talk about the best practices for social media and how to stay on top of the curve by identifying upcoming trends. Overall, just making your life easier. (laughs) Every time I feel stuck or don't understand a new social feature, I can always rely on Jill's articles on the later blog to help me out so you know you can rely on her expertise. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thank you so much, Jill, for joining us on Overexposed today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so as a social media manager at Pexels, I can tell you that we, we honestly can't live without later. <laughs> we love it so much. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started uh, working with Later? So I've been up Later for almost two years now, but um, before working for Later, I was actually with reward style which is the company behind like to know it so that's mm. essentially a um affiliate network for influencers um and I was in a content marketing role uh but if we sort of just to give a bit of context about my career it's not really been the most linear path mm. so I started out in journalism I studied journalism mm. at university and was working in broadcast as a digital content editor after I graduated. So um, I worked for some fairly popular um, British TV shows. I don't know if you can tell by the accent, but (laughs) I am from the UK. Um, And then after doing that for a couple of years, uh, this was actually about 10 years ago now, So the digital landscape was completely different. Uh, Instagram was really new Mm -hmm. and a breaking channel, which feels crazy to say right now. But um, so yeah, things were very different back then. Uh, After a couple of years of doing that, though, I decided to switch up and I went and worked in New York in America for Mm -hmm. Thomson Reuters, which is kind of a big financial news firm. Uh, And I sort of diversified my career and worked in product marketing for a few years. And then I realized I actually really miss content marketing and managed to go back. And that's when I started working for Reward Style and like to know it. Uh, And then, yeah, in the last few years, I've been working for Later as a content editor um, for the Later blog. Uh, And just to give a bit of context for what Later does, it's it's a social media management tool that allows social media managers or solopreneurs or brands or creators to... um, to really manage all of their social media assets from one place um, so that they can schedule in advance, write beautiful captions, see like how their content's going to play out um, get a good idea for all of the visual content that's happening um, and uh, manage. Basically, it's like a great tool for managing everything in one place. Um, and I work on the content side of that. So I write blogs, uh, help on emails, uh, have free resources and downloads and eBooks. So it's uh, certainly very interesting and lots going on. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Like you mentioned, the product itself is a marketing app, but there are so many out there. And uh, from a user user perspective myself, I feel like what makes Later so valuable and stand out from the rest is the uh, like immense value that you give to your audience. So you mentioned that you specialize in writing uh, about upcoming events and trends on social media. Uh, so from your experience with the work that you do, uh, what are the top like social trends that entrepreneurs, social media managers, and creatives should uh, be aware of heading into this new year? That's a great question. And um, I think this year, with everything that's been happening, is unlike no other. Um, and that has certainly sort of expedited a shift in the trends, I've noticed. Um, so I think the main things to look out for as you know if you obviously it really depends on your own specific specialism or niche but I would say in general the most important things to look out for is this um, pivot towards short form video content that we're really seeing through Instagram reels and TikTok Um, and just in general actually the power of video uh, especially for e-commerce shouldn't be overlooked Um, we're seeing the Instagram algorithm really favoring video content especially through reels but um if you're if you're looking to contextualize your products or your services i think you know investing in that in that format is the way to go for 2021 uh the second thing i would say um is really being more authentic which is such a buzzword i know (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure like every guest you have on here says about the power of authenticity but it's you know it's it's true um and especially with this rise in supporting social causes with everything that's been happening with the black lives matter movement and um you know the the elections and things like that it's important to actually have a voice and show the human behind your brand on social media more than ever and um you know also doing it quite diligently so avoiding tokenism thinking about you know sharing the receipts you're not just sharing a post Mm -hmm. but thinking about how your policy matches up to what you're saying on social media is super important Mm -hmm. um and and it's something that i think five years ago if you looked at what people were doing on social media was extremely different like um you'd see brands almost anonymous whereas now especially in the pandemic um, some of my favorite brands on Instagram are telling us about how hard it is for them and their personal you know, struggles. And it just makes them more relatable, more human, and you're much more likely to sort of associate them and think of them when you're going to make a purchase. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my second one, I would say. And then um, thirdly, I would say e-commerce, uh, especially on Instagram. I've seen a huge shift of um e-commerce optimizations over the last 12 months and I think that's something that we're going to see grow as it rolls out you know they roll out checkout from the U.S. across different markets Um, as they do that because it's a little financial incentive for them I think we'll see um, e-commerce posts being prioritized by the algorithm which will incentivize brand incentivize brands to jump on that bandwagon Um, before we know it it will be like a commonplace way um of like consuming product inspiration and shopping all within one destination. So I think they're my top three. Um, and then just on a, on a side, a little bonus one, I would say uh, analytics uh, should be a huge trend um, in terms of like, you know, knowing your data, being a little bit smarter with it and um, using it to inform your strategies. You go into 2021. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great insights. And especially, I think, like last year and going into this year, like um, us who like work in like media management and social media, uh, we've had a roller coaster of a year having to kind of keep up with things that get thrown at us left, right and center. But I think it's uh, so important that you mentioned authenticity. And although it's uh, been mentioned a lot, it's um, we always talk about it with like photographers and, and people on Instagram and how it kind of lowers that barrier. So everyone's on Zoom calls, everyone's at home, you kind of have the same playing field as everyone else. And because of that, it's kind of more of a space, safe space for people to, yeah, like show like what they're struggling with or like, I don't know, like I remember <laughs> at the time when everyone was making like banana bread and uh, just being a lot more um, open about it. And I love that trend. I love how um, people are becoming more like genuine and showing themselves, but also the fact that you mentioned with brands too, we're kind of having to hold these brands accountable and seeing them as humans rather than um, just like a name and um, like a logo maybe. Exactly. And if you think about some of some of the brands that stand out to me through those challenging times are the ones who didn't just sort of rest on the laurels and keep doing what they were used to doing. They kind of adapted their content strategy to to fill the void so obviously like people are stuck at home with nothing to do and you have brands like revolve Mm -hmm. seizing that space and putting fitness workouts or streaming meditation sessions um and things like that and you know it has no direct link to what they're selling necessarily but it like positions them front and center of being a brand that cares and then you know, when the shops do open or when things are a bit different, they're therefore more likely to be at the front of your mind when you're going to make a purchase. So I just think it's it's the brands who are smart like that who make mm-hmm. all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of adapting, um, like everyone has had to adapt so much, but I feel like from a content side for you guys at Later, you have to be kind of even one step ahead of that. So not only adapting to what's happening, but kind of anticipating what's happening. Um, how have you guys had like shifted your strategies through all of this? Do you know what? That's a that's a great question. And at first it wasn't easy. Like there was a moment where we were like, wow, you know, where do we go with our content strategy? Because at later we always try and sort of plan ahead. We have mm-hmm. a nice content planning strategy in place where we have editorial concepting meetings where we all come with our ideas um, and like talk about how they can support our wider goals um, and what value they'll bring to an audience but um, obviously when when things change so dramatically and so fast you do have to take a moment to think okay what's appropriate right now and just sticking on that same linear linear path might not always be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think we did it really sort of collaboratively. And one of the nice things um, is that we kind of felt that we had a value to give to our audience in the sense that mm-hmm. as a team, we all work remotely anyway in the, um, on the blog editorial side. So we, was, we sort of came together and thought, okay, what tips can we share that actually give like actionable um, and helpful advice about working from home. So, um, yeah, we definitely sort of pivoted our content strategy. And I think that's the key to success is really being flexible and not mm-hmm. too entrenched in your own, um, you know, in your own habits so that you have that flexibility and you're always thinking about what your audience needs at any given time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And especially going back to what you mentioned about analytics and you kind of have to do that uh, audience work and it's more important than ever now to kind of understand like 
um, what your audience is needing and uh, what direction it's going from there. And um, that's one thing that we are doing at Pexels as well. It's like we can think of, oh, this is what we think people will want, but you really don't know like where those trends are until, at least for you specifically, until um, you kind of look at the back end and um, look at the data as it is. It's definitely like a 50-50 split, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you don't try new things, you never push into those new barriers um, mm-hmm. or like new spaces where there's a real opportunity for growth. And obviously you don't have the data to make those leaps of faith. Yeah. But then once you do them, you've got to like optimize, analyze and fine tune and make, you know, make decisions based on what you have. So definitely a 50-50. But, um, yeah, I think the, the combination of the two is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a science and an art at the same time. <laughs> uh, so I did like a quick Google trend search and found out that like although content marketing has existed for the better half of like the decade or two, it only like really started taking off around like 2014, 2015. Um, in your opinion, why do you think content marketing has become such a popular, if not like crucial part of marketing for any brand? I I think you're absolutely right in the sense that it has become a pivotal part for brands. Um, and yeah, it, you're exactly right too. Like when you look back, it, it's not something that was really there that long ago. Um, and it was one of the reasons why I was so attracted to work for later um, when I was going through the recruitment process, because um, it's one of the few brands that around every product release they do you can see, okay, they're doing these blog posts that are not just saying, hey, here's our product. They're saying, here's why this element of social media is really important. Here's how you can use it. Here's how our product fits into that. So it's that 360 contextualized um, content marketing effort that I was like, wow, that's clever. And it it's sort of, you're attracting people through SEO, you're attracting people through social media channels, you're providing value as well as showing what you can do for them through a product. So I just think it's like the evolution of how people shop online or shop in general. Um, you know, if you if you turn back time to 10 years ago and said, um, hey, did you know that you're probably going to do most of your shopping um, after you've seen an Instagram post and you're probably going to do most of it um, on your laptop rather than going to a physical store? Um, I'd have said, no way, that's never going to be the case. But uh, yeah, things have changed a lot and therefore it makes sense to market differently. Um, I guess it, it comes down to the question of like, when was the last time you watched something on on like linear TV rather than mm. a digital streaming format like Netflix or YouTube or Instagram, say? Um, and that would be, that's drastically different. So I think it's whereas the old format of advertising and spreading the word would have been through radio, print Mm -hmm. and television. Um, Content marketing is like the new version of that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It seemed like before, like you're trying to find like the best channel to market to as many people as possible. And that's why like you see like Super Bowl ads being like so expensive and like the millions of dollars. But in a way, it kind of feels like you're like talking into a void. It's those like really specific, like like finding those niches and finding where your audience hangs out and um, creative ways to market those uh, seems like to be the way to go. And it seems like we're so bombarded with like all of this information nowadays that you kind of have to be like as specific as possible in order to reach the people that you want to reach. Exactly. I saw a meme actually um, yesterday about TikTok 
and it was something along the lines of um <laughs> can the tiktok for you page algorithm find me a dating profile because <laughs> you know it would be the perfect match and it's so true like you go on the for you page and it's content that's exactly specified to the type of content that you're interested in so it's it's like that next level serving targeted content that's the way that's the way social media is going really isn't it Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, it's like kind of scary to you're like, how did he like, is this listening to me? Like, how do you know this about me? Yeah, absolutely. A bit scary, but also amazing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a big part of your job revolves around like doing research and pitching ideas and implementing them um, uh, for later and like the blog and everything. Um, what does that process uh, usually look like for you from kind of like the ideation stage to figuring out like what kind of content you should put out? Uh, it's it's a complex process, um, and I don't I don't know if there's necessarily an exact formula, but I would say, and this applies to whatever industry you're in. I think being fully immersed in the space that you're a specialist in is super important. So, like for example, if if you work in social media, just keeping up to date with things, following other creators who are talking about new feature releases, you know, doing doing your daily browse, setting up Google Alert, all of those things just to make sure that you're really on the pulse. I follow, for example, several people who work at Instagram so that as soon as they talk about it, we also have um, we have a great network at Later where it's like no idea is a bad idea. So everyone throws ideas into um, even people who don't work on the editorial team. They'll share like, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Maybe this is something we can talk about. And that's often where the best ideas come from that free collaborative mm-hmm. space um and then that that side of it is you know there's no real science going on there it's just being on the pulse making sure you're mm-hmm. um speed um but then it gets a little bit more formulaic and a little bit more structured in our actual editorial planning because we we have like a quite a large team so it's important to make sure that um to make sure that everything's editorially polished and we're putting out the best possible information, um, you know, pieces get assigned and then someone will review them and then it goes into WordPress and then it has its final review and then it gets published. Mm-hmm. So that's quite structured and um, and like rigid. But uh, it also, it's like 50-50 again, you have to have this rigid process, but then you also have to allow for like, uh, if something, if a new feature drops, mm-hmm. which happens all the time, mm-hmm. um, and and for some reason Instagram just love to drop these new features on a Friday afternoon, <laughs> uh, it's like, hey, here's Instagram Reels, mm-hmm. bam. Um, so you have to have that agility to react and respond and get something out fast. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously, when you're working with like high quality content, can be tricky because you've got design assets to think about mm-hmm. uh, you know quite a long word count SEO optimizations what's the right keyword things like that um but yeah we've managed to develop a system where we can do that on a fairly quick turnaround to get the news out as quickly as possible mm-hmm. yeah and with the team you kind of have all of these uh, stages where you can like bounce ideas off of and uh, kind of do that like ideation stage before you formulate an idea. Um, A lot of our audience consists of like entrepreneurs and creatives who uh, run their own passions and uh, side hobbies or businesses on their own. And it could be really difficult to know like where to start when it comes to uh, marketing and content. Uh, How can these like solopreneurs and people who are just doing it on their own uh, make content marketing 
uh, more manageable. Yeah, absolutely. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that, um, like, if you if you wanted to do it perfect, you know, you could spend hours and hours and hours every day just on your social media strategy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that could easily be very overwhelming. Um, even just analytics on its own, by the way, yeah. I've just recently written a, a blog post about the ultimate guide to analytics in Instagram. And if you want to delve into every single place as analytics there, you could, you could spend hours just putting together an, a report for one month, you know, mm-hmm. so it's about picking and choosing where the most values, you know, you're going to get the most value for your effort um, and not being too overwhelmed by it as well. Um, so I would say, I think I'm just going to try and break it down so it's not too overwhelming here. But mm-hmm. I think like, you know, thinking about what message you want to share with your audience, first and foremost, first and foremost. So what your brand actually is, what, what the value of your services is, um, and then how you want to communicate that audience and who you really want to be communicating to. And then, you know, that will allow you to build a stronger brand through your content marketing, Mm -hmm. whether that's through social media or email or um, web content. So once you really know who you are, you can think about how that translates into branding. And once you really know who you're talking to, you can think about what content would be most valuable to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's that beautiful sweet spot where the two cross over. Um, So... And then once you have that, you can build out your content strategy. Um, There's loads of different resources on the later blog. I'm going to do a shameless little plug there. (laughs) But if if you're starting out and you really want some help, there's so many different articles on there about um, how to design your visual branding in five easy steps, I think. how to find your define your content pillars so that's something is like okay now I know my audience what content pillars can I build in that's going to sort of really help me have some structure to my content plan Mm -hmm. um once you start to get your uh, assets together so your photos and your videos that you might be sharing on social media you can use a visual planner tool like later to drag and drop them in in, into a feed and see how it's going to start to look um and then write your captions out Um, so it's telling your story Um, so I really just think consistency is key once you start to get to that point that you have got your clear proposition and your content together Um, so forward planning and scheduling using a social media planning tool is great Um, and I would just say then you know closing the loop by doing your analytics and keeping up with the trends uh, which we've already talked about a lot so I'll not dig into that too much more but um, yeah I think I think that's the main thing is just sort of like knowing who your brand is and what story you want to tell to your audience. And then all the other things, once you've got that crystal clear, becomes so much easier. Like I've recently started a passion project just on the side, just to sort of reconnect with what that process is like, because Mm -hmm. I know it's hard and it's very easy for me to sit and write a blog and like, oh, you just have to do this in three easy things and it's <laughs> it's not always that easy and I know that so um even things like okay what color shall I use for my backgrounds I remember I spent like a long time <laughs> analyzing over the final finer details of like what what does this say about me and who does this appeal to and it, it's hard um but until you just go for it and do it mm-hmm. you, 
you don't learn. So I think it's it's definitely a fine balance between agonizing over the details and just going for it and just, you know, um, something's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing I think is to actually invest a lot of time, and I'm going to say this as a writer maybe, but invest a lot of time into thinking about what your voice is because your captions carry um, a lot of weight alongside that visual first impression. So I think um, when you think about it, your Instagram feed really acts as like your homepage. And when someone lands on it, it's that gut feel of do I follow or do I not? So mm-hmm. your visuals tell that story and and grab someone's attention but I think the captions and the way you speak in stories or the text you use in Instagram stories for example or on reels like it's the the sort of the text part of it or the communication part of it that then builds the community and sort of tells your story so um I think like yeah so you have your visuals but then also thinking about how you communicate in a more meaningful way and what your tone of voice is. Um, and that's that's quite hard, actually, because in order to write a longer caption or to film a video where you're talking at length um, or sharing a little bit more than just a, a, a singular picture, you have to sort of lose a bit of self-consciousness or de- dig into something a bit deeper. Um, and it's really easy just to want to put like a few emojis or... <laughs> like a little whimsical quote or something but uh we've seen time and time again that the successful brands are the ones who are digging a bit deeper and sharing a bit more and have a bit more substance so yeah sorry I know that was such a long answer but hopefully it helps (laughs) yeah no that's great yeah it is a fine balance like on one side um when you're working for like either your passion project or your brand, you're thinking about all these like tiny details of like what you think people will think. And for them, on the other hand, it is like you mentioned a split second decision where it's like either this speaks to me and I can relate to this and I want to pursue that call to action, whether it's like checking out for a product or booking um, a photo shoot with a photographer. Uh, It is that like really split second decision that you put so much uh, effort into. But yeah, it's just like finding out what that is. And I also find it like so important that you said like finding like what the message is, like kind of working backwards from there. I think um, a lot of people, and I know this was me too, when I first started social media at Pexels, it's I want to do this and then let's see what happens. Whereas it's so much more beneficial kind of starting at what's the final decision that you want people to make, whether it's, yeah, like checking out on your product or in this case, like getting people to upload photos and working backwards to see, okay, like what's the step before that, that needs to lead to that. And then kind of taking steps backwards and to find out where is the most effective way to start. Yeah, exactly. Like having that goal first mentality. So what do I actually want the end user to do? And then thinking about how you, what you can do to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it is like super overwhelming kind of, you have so many different ways that you can start uh, and sometimes starting from the end and finding out what your end goal is uh, might be make it a little bit easier to narrow down like where your starting points are. So I get I get people asking me say like should I I know like buying followers is wrong but I hear you can buy engaged followers now and um can I do that and because they're only thinking about the follower count whereas really um in general I would always say never buy followers <laughs> um, but uh really I was what I what I go back and say is like is your goal to drive engagement because if it is then having a high follower count doesn't necessarily mean that um and it 
probably isn't going to convert into sales. And in the long term, it's going to do more harm than good because you're going to have a percentage of following that's lower than average because you've got disengaged people in there mm. who don't mean anything. So then the algorithm will see that and like probably penalize your account as a result. So I think that's the thing. It's like people get so like hung up on the vanity metrics mm-hmm. rather than thinking maybe having a community of 500 people who are engaged and buy your products is better than having a community mm-hmm. of 5,000 people who like your posts but don't do anything else. So I think that's important. And it's a really good point to mention about the goals first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of goes back to that authenticity point too. Um, like as a photographer myself, like I remember um, like maybe even two or three years ago, it was all very like clout based where it's like who has the most followers? Um, like they could have like 15,000 followers and maybe like, I don't know, like a hundred likes or something. And then people started realizing like it doesn't really add up. And then even like influencer marketing now, you see a lot of people, I know like, yeah, like even in the photography space, a lot of people value like followers a lot, whereas like they don't really look at the engagement side. But even with influencers, people are looking more at micro influencers now and like calculating their engagement rate rather than like just how many followers that they have. Mm-hmm. And then niche specialism as well. So it's, mm-hmm. you, know, you can you can talk to someone who's got thousands of followers, but if they're not your right audience, it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I love that you started a passion project too. That's so amazing. Uh, I think for like anybody, just go like in order to truly understand something, you kind of have to tackle it in different ways. So kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoes and figuring out like what are their struggles, like um, what are the issues here, and like how can I solve it on the other hand other end like as a photographer I always um, encourage people to try doing self-portraits because then you kind of have empathy for the model on the other side rather than just being like oh like do this do that and as a social media marketer and content marketer it must be so like eye-opening kind of being on the other side and being like oh this is um, what it's like to start something from scratch yeah it definitely helps and like you said I think anyone who is if you want to really understand something the best way to do to like to get to that level of knowledge is to do it yourself so even if it's 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 hard for me to do certain things when you know you're not going to be you know ultimately successful straight away um but it's just sort of about putting yourself out there getting past it and being like it's a learning experience and even if you try and fail you still learn and that's something that I always remind myself um it's not all about like the end goal all the time mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that's amazing um so I guess just wrapping up on that note um are there any upcoming projects that you're working on that you're excited about uh so for later there's there's always lots going on um and like as always, we're really focusing on how we can support small businesses, um, well, small, medium, large businesses, but businesses in general. Um, and we've got sort of, I don't know if you if you know, but every year we host a later con, like a mm-hmm. late conference. Yeah, um, I was at yeah. the one in September. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming back this year. So that's really exciting um, and will be something that, uh, is great to look forward to. Like I, our design team is amazing and I'm always so amazed by what they do. Uh, and I, each year they have like some fresh branding and concepts. So I'm always super excited about that. Um, but yeah, I just think uh, over the next few months, it'll be sort of different resources. Um, we're always working on new breaking blogs um, to make sure that we're giving the most actionable tips, which is really fun to work on because 
you know, you're always thinking about, okay, here's a new feature. How can we really put it to use as a business or brand or solopreneur or creator? Um, so yeah, it, just lots of things like that, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like the first thing I do when I, something comes out is I always go to later and like figure out what it is. I remember when like guides came out, I was like, oh, like, how can I use this? Like, I have no idea uh, what this is or like how it works. I just seen like a couple people post about it. And uh, you guys are always like the first to kind of jump on it and have resources. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's amazing to hear. Yeah. And for those that are listening, um, where can we find your work online? So if you are looking for um, tips or breaking news articles, you can go to uh, later.com forward slash blog. Um, Or if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Instagram at Jill W-R-R-E-N. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jill, for generously lending your time and expertise today. Uh, I certainly learned so much and I loved hearing about later and all the things that you guys are doing right now. Thanks so much, Wendy. It's been amazing to be here.